The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. Amanda Brunker and Dave Hanratty from Joe.ie and the No Encore podcast are with us for the week trending. But let's start by listening to a video that's been posted in the last couple of hours to his YouTube channel by Will Smith. Remember his assault of Chris Rock at the Oscars? Chris, I apologize to you. Uh, my behaviour was unacceptable and I'm here whenever you're ready to talk. Um, I, I want to apologize to Chris's mother. I saw an interview that Chris's mother did. And, you know, that was one of the things about that moment. I just didn't realize, and you know, I wasn't thinking, but how many people got hurt in that moment. So I want to uh, apologize to Chris's mother. I want to apologize to uh, Chris's family, uh, specifically Tony Rock. You know, we had a great relationship. You know, Tony Rock was my man. Um, and uh, this, this, is, this is probably irreparable. Um, I spent the last three months um, replaying and understanding the nuances and, and the complexities of what happened in, in that moment. Um, and I'm not gonna try to unpack all of that right now, but I can say to all of you, there is no part of me that thinks that was the right way to behave in that moment. Dave Henry, what do you make of that? Uh, tortured, I would say. <laughs> Dramatic. Very Hollywood, isn't it? I mean, like for anyone who hasn't seen the visual, because this broke about half an hour ago, I was in the Joe.ie office there and I was writing this up as I was like, well, I got to get to the studio. How am I going to get this all done in time? But I somehow managed it. Will Smith is sitting in this um, very moodily lit studio. It's clearly been shot professionally and I assume this took days to make. I mean, maybe he was waiting for the verdict to come out today in the libel trial and thought, I can trump that. Um He's essentially saying what he has to say, right? I mean, like, what else is he going to say? He's not doubling down. He's apologised. I assume everyone in the world knows what he's referring to. The infamous Oscars altercation with Chris Rock. Um, the main thing here appears to be Chris Rock being like, I don't want any of this. Leave me alone. Which is totally fair at this point, I would think. Took long enough, Amanda, didn't it? Fake news. <laughs> Fake news. I mean, this is this is the a video from a desperate man desperately trying to resurrect his career because I'd say it's in the toilet right now. Who's going to want to work with him? He's clearly unhinged. His wife is definitely unhinged and she seems to be the puppet master behind the fact that he has gone so manic and so crazy. He has so, denied that though. He did say she had nothing to do with it. Of course it. he did because he's bitch whipped. I'm sorry. That's a terrible <laughs> term. <laughs> It's true. He's like literally the man is on. Like she's only a tiny little woman, but she is fierce, and she has literally. If you see any of their red table talks, she he's terrified of her. Like he's proper scared. Ah, come on, you're making big assumptions there, aren't not. you? Have you not seen their talks? They have this kind of red table. They sit around, and she basically belittles them in public constantly and she's talking about their sex life and saying how he's not really good enough and how she's always loved other men 
like Tupac and all the rest. Oh, she's a she's a horrible woman. And is it all just a big act? Is it not? No, just, this mm. is, this is not them acting. This is them being themselves and unfortunately a little bit too raw and real. Uh, they do have a very strange relationship. She used to actually front a new metal band back in the day. So uh, <laughs> uh, nothing but respect for Jada Pinkett Smith from my side of the table here. Yeah. Uh, but essentially, no. I mean, this whole thing is extremely Hollywood, extremely stage managed, all that kind of stuff. The incident did happen. It wasn't, but from what we can tell, it wasn't planned. It, it was ridiculous. And you look back at it and you're like, how on earth did they not call an audible that night and not give him the award? They gave him the award. He's best actor winner. He's banned now from the Academy Awards for the next 10 years. Is it impacting, as Amanda suggested, his career. On career as in getting other parts? It is, yeah, because they've shelved some projects. There was talk of like Bad Boys 4 happening because that was a, the third one was actually a well, huge success. Well, that's not such a bad thing, really. Oh, the third it? one was pretty good now. In fairness, <laughs> it's kind of shockingly decent. But um, no, like, I think Netflix have pulled out of something as well. I wouldn't have thought it would have been this big of a deal. But it, there, no, Amanda's correct. There is a genuine toxicity to him at this stage. Okay, right. Well, <laughs> let's move on from that. And let's talk about the toxicity between... Uh, Colleen Rooney and uh, Co- sorry, Colleen. What am I saying? Rebecca. Colleen Rooney and Rebecca Vardy. Sorry, you're come on, you're a up. football man. You should. <laughs> I know. To get I'm this a football right. man. They don't play football, Amanda. <laughs> yes, they are not footballers. But they are intrinsically. <laughs> Gelled they in with football. A, they played a dangerous game, though, for the last few months. I think we can agree. And this seems to be a comprehensive victory for Colleen Rooney. There's not going to be any VAR, is there? <laughs> as in an appeal uh, via Rebecca, which would cost her a fortune, given that this apparently cost she has to pay three million quid in legal fees. This is just silly. Uh, this poor woman. I actually feel sorry for her, even though um, it's quite clear that she was in the wrong. She was leaking stories. People are trying to defend her and say, well, she wasn't malicely leaking stories, but she was doing it for her own, her own benefit. Listen, she's not the first footballer's wife to uh, give stories to the press. I don't know. I'm sure you saw the recent um Gaza documentary which I thought was quite tragic really yeah. and Cheryl Gascoigne and her friendship with Rebecca Brooks maybe there's something in the name Rebecca don't don't trust any of them <laughs> um, but you know Cheryl was giving stories to the news of the world and 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 basically that kind of helped in his demise really and his mental health uh, Paul Gascoigne uh, but of course Rebecca Vardy she was I'm sure her solicitors and her barristers and all of her legal team said, oh, we've definitely got a case. We've definitely got a case because, you know, they 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 need to make money. They're not going to tell her, oh, this is a bad idea. Now, Colleen Rooney has come out and she's put out a long winded tweet again, basically saying that she was pleased that uh, Justice Stein. She's vindicated, isn't she? Yeah. Listen, she always was going to be. And I think Colleen pl- played a great game throughout the trial, the seven-day trial. Um, She just went in very understated. I think a lot of the days she was wearing kind of like Zara suits and H&M suits and Rebecca Vardy was turning up in all this Chanel and it was just like, oh, stop being so garish. And But the trial was just awful. Like from even on the first day, there was all sorts of... um, kind of stories coming out about poor old Peter Andre having a small manhood. And there was allegedly, just, allegedly. Allegedly. Let's jump well, in and defend out, Peter Andre's He's come honor. out and said, I definitely don't. I can't <laughs> cooperate either way. Um, but it's just, it was just, it was ta- it was an amazing tabloid fodder and oh, great... It's the most tabloid trial in years. Great fun for, for, for bystanders. But uh, bystanders. But the the thing is, anybody who's been ever been involved in any sort of trial, um, it's really 
scary. It's really stressful. I'd say both parties haven't slept in years. Uh, but the, the mad thing is, Colleen says that she tried to um, to to kind of settle this case. So she was willing, even though she was in the right. And that's unfortunately happens an awful lot of the time. They, they, they tried to settle, but Rebecca Vardy's team were like, absolutely not. And that's the big thing here that shouldn't be forgotten. And while I do agree with the principle that, you know, Rebecca Vardy doesn't deserve a, a constant abuse. And she has, in fact, come out and said, please stop abusing my family. Now the case is over. Let's move on. Which, of course, won't happen. But essentially, she... This was, to use the football analogy again, uh, the biggest own goal scored by someone in a very, very long time. It's completely self-inflicted. She chose to pursue this. And even throughout the trial, it just became farcical. It was like, oh, there's there's a phone that's uh, like the smoking gun to all this and it suddenly fell over a boat. Okay, cool. That was so funny. Unbelievable. In the North Sea. (laughs) Incredible. Like, honest to God. Scooby-Doo levels of nonsense. And then, like, uh, like, Colleen Rooney got to invoke something from, like, like, a ruling from 1722, which essentially says, listen, if you think this isn't good... It probably isn't. Well, at least there was one thing about it. At least nobody was shown to be offside. Uh, listen, uh, uh, he, he, got it. he got in, guys. <laughs> After extra time, no less. <laughs> OK, listen to our comments. Get a grip. Will Smith is hardly Putin or the like. Give him a break. We all have horrible stories. Personally, I think Will's career speaks for itself. He's going nowhere. But he did win the Oscar for Best Actor that same night. He did, yeah. I'd also to just jump in here and say that nobody compared him to Vladimir Putin on this show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, say, where did that come from? <laughs> don't blame Will Smith's wife. He did it. Good point. Yeah, but he, he, it wasn't he, Will Smith's wife that got up and hit Chris Rock. It was Will Smith who yes, did it. But she was the one who threw a strop. She was the one who was rolling her eyes. She rolled her eyes. That's and not he, throwing a strop. Yes, like. but you can't. You have to understand the control this woman has over him. She's, oh, well, did she telepathically says, communicate? Get on stage and yes. belt that man. A bitch whipped is a bit sexist. If a man was described as that, oh, it would please. be as controlling. Stop. Stop. Okay, and another listener says, finally someone who agrees with me about Jada Smith. There you go. And let's talk about Instagram and complaints from users about the algorithm it's employing. Can you explain this to me, Dave Andrew? Because I'd say I have an Instagram account. I hardly ever look at it. Okay, yeah. Red faces all around at Instagram headquarters this week. Essentially, they want to be TikTok. They want to follow uh, in TikTok's uh, shadow. I guess they're in the shadow of TikTok now at this stage. TikTok is a massive social media platform, increasingly so amongst young people. And they have a certain kind of layout, a certain kind of interface, a certain kind of look. And Instagram has been looking to try and emulate that. Essentially, in the last week or so, they rolled out a new kind of uh, set of features, not to every single user, but to the majority, and enough to cause a lot of problems, uh, in which they kind of went full screen on videos without you kind of, you know, clicking into them as a default. Uh, You're seeing a lot more content from people that you don't follow, and also, crucially, a lot more advertisements as well. So people rebelled, said, this is terrible, we don't want this, but not just people at ground level, like you or me. The Kardashians have stepped in, the Jenners (laughs) have stepped in, and they've said, uh, this isn't Good. In fact, they Amanda actually swooning said, over there at the mention of the Kardashians. <laughs> they and actually the said, um, "They said make Instagram Instagram again," which is kind of terrifying because you know <laughs> Donald Trump's uh, catchphrase uh, legacy filtering through. And as a result of this, uh, Instagram's chief officer has come out and said, "We hear you." you know, I always love this when a company has to backtrack because that's what they're doing. They are backtracking. It's a bit there. like AIB and the cost cashless banks. Yeah, so we've listened to the public now and we realise what we're doing was wrong. But there's a quote from Adam Masseri who runs the company where he says, "I'm glad we took a risk. If we're not 
we're not failing every once in a while. We're not thinking big enough or bold enough. Essentially, the plans to roll out this new layout, this new aesthetic is gone. However, they will continue to focus quite hardcore on video content, and that's kind of the way it is going in general. We're seeing that over at Joe as well. Video content performs massively, so they want to do it the best they can with it. So are the Kardashians and the Jenners more powerful than Mark Zuckerberg? Absolutely. <laughs> and that's terrifying. But I have to laugh, like Kim Kardashian is studying uh, to be a lawyer and she's... Uh, she's not, she not qualified yet. I don't think she's qualified. I think she's... Did I not see that in an episode of Keep You Up with the Kardashians? No, I think she's, she failed <laughs> the first review, three <laughs> bar exams and I think she's after getting on one step or whatever. But like, this is a woman who's now campaigning, make Instagram, Instagram again. <laughs> it's like, oh, this is so worthy. This is so worthy. Listen, Instagram has been dead for a long time. It is slowly groaning along with Facebook. It's like you can hear it kind of crying. Um, it's Why? It's because it's just got stayed and it it's people are bored with it. Um like Instagram is now just flooded with ads and has been for a long time and it's just photographs but it's like boring people putting up the same photographs. It's like I don't care about your kids. I like I'm I'm not I can't I don't care about my own kids. Why exactly. should I care about your kids? It's like oh, I don't want to look at my own kids. I don't I definitely don't want to look at it's yours. All, it's all lifestyle envy. And also sorry just to pick up on your point because like for example there was a time about a year or two ago when I think it was Kylie Jenner uh, tweeted out and said something like Snapchat is over quote unquote over and overnight their market yes. value crashed into the ground so that's how powerful they are but the thing is the thing with Instagram is it has flooded what with videos that have been made on TikTok and reposted on Instagram yeah, yeah. because Instagram is just so user friendly so gorgeous so great so fun and I'd just like to disagree with you Dave it's not just for young people it's for older people too I'm just saying as someone who recently turned 38 years young you'll never catch me on TikTok no uh, way well, I'm not I'm not on it yet, uh, but I enjoy watching it. And there's definitely, it's not just for, for kids. It started off with kids doing funny dances and little memes, okay. but it's for everybody. We have Kim Kardashian supporters getting in touch. One of them saying, I am correct. She is a fully qualified lawyer. I take that back. <laughs> right. My sincere apologise. Give her her dues. She has been a steadfast campaigner for prison reform in the United States. That I, is true as well. I know, but keep keep on target. Stay in your lane, Kim. Like pick a lane. <laughs> You know, really, this this is not worth your time. Instagram is gone. Okay, well, whatever. What about Twitter? I I love this uh, the tweet that went up this week in relation to Jacob Rees Mogg from <laughs> a, a account that was supposed to be GB News. <clears throat> Has anyone got that down? Uh, yeah. So a GB News parody account that was doing the rounds was suspended from Twitter because a tweet went viral. People thought it was GB News, and it essentially said that twenty thousand British pounds uh, of oysters and champagne were delivered to Jacob Rees Mogg's house, but uh, or well, sorry, they weren't. weren't delivered. Sorry, because of the whole Dover uh, traffic. Stuck in traffic yes. and traffic. What a brilliant tweet. It's very good. Perishable They're... food destined for his Somerset mansion, stuck in queues at Calais, according to a source. The luxury food hall, including <laughs> seafood oysters, Sassoucion, I don't even can't even pronounce it, and champagne was for Reese Boggs' summer party today, but now won't arrive. Yeah, but the only reason this was a fake tweet, it wasn't 20,000, it was really £30,000 sterling. <laughs> <laughs> I think the idea of, Jason, of Jacob Reeves Mogg hosting some kind of a summer soiree seems quite unrealistic. So I think in the first place, who's going to go to that? You well, know? if they're going to get free champagne, people possibly will. But I have to laugh, like Twitter, seriously, all the hate speech and all of the awful, vile things that gets gets left up on Twitter that this gets pulled down like I mean are they going to start taking down uh, ban the account of Waterford Whispers like I mean yeah, people need to know where where comedy is 
Is this no? comedy? I mean, does it like like GB News? I, like, yeah, maybe someone's pulling the strings, but GB News has been such a colossal failure that I'm actually amazed that they would have any pull whatsoever. But it's not GB News. It's a. It's but surely a someone from them stepped in and said, "Hey, listen, this isn't us. Can you get rid of it?" Because that's usually how these things work. Like the person who has the original account has to kind of step in and prove their credentials. But then there's there's a fake Boris. There's a fake this, that, and the other. People just kind of know that this is just taking the. Not in this case, clearly, clearly, <laughs> clearly. Dave, I just rock music is one of your big things. Absolutely. Tell us about the Bruce Springsteen <laughs> tickets and the price of them. Yes. Yeah, so uh, this is an American-centric story. So you know we shouldn't we shouldn't on paper have this problem over here, but we'll see what happens. Obviously, Bruce is coming over next year for a series of gigs, and welcome back to him. But in America at the moment, Ticketmaster uh, essentially is causing a lot of problems. They have a new thing called dynamic pricing, which essentially equates to the more popular the gig, the more money we can charge for it. It's a highly controversial, very dirty practice. It's gross. Yeah, it's incredibly capitalistic, and that's what it is. It's and essentially, the law of supply and demand, isn't it? And Bruce Springsteen is in demand on on the regular. He's gone out in this. American tour followed by a world tour and uh, essentially in recent days some tickets have gone up as far as five and a half grand five and a half thousand American dollars um, which has led uh, Bruce's management to distance themselves they've stepped in and said actually it's more around the two hundred dollar to a thousand dollar range you know? not cheap either <laughs> no but you're getting a three and a half hour gig Matt what do you want uh, but essentially it turns into a situation where Ticketmaster step in and say this isn't actually reflective of things and we're, we're, we're trying to sort it out but um it's uh, Amanda and I were having this conversation off mic. Like Ticketmaster is the biggest game in town. It can kind of do what it wants, and it exactly. kind of it made me think back in the '90s when Pearl Jam challenged them and tried to actually go their own way, do an independent ticketing service, and it ended up costing them an awful lot of time, stress, and crucially, money. But in Ireland, of course, we've recent legislation that is, is targeting the secondary market, and you would hope that when Bruce does come around here next year, you shouldn't have to pay exorbitant fees but there, there's always a way for touts to get around these but things. But can I tell you and, and sorry, an, an, assistant, an adjunct to that I was talking to friends last night who bought four Bruce Springsteen tickets uh, for two friends coming over from England and they come over whenever Bruce plays Ireland and they decided that they would treat themselves to a night in the Shelburne Hotel and they got <laughs> on to that. the house. Do you know what the price they were charged for the night for the most basic room? €1,900. Euro. On the night Bruce Springsteen. That's outrageous. What were you saying earlier on about like going abroad and how it's yeah, a better well, option? Yeah, well, only recently weren't we talking we were, about... about the uh, idea of fly off to Italy to watch yeah, Bruce they were, and your flight and hotels and your tickets would be cheaper than actually staying imagine, come and see in Dublin. Imagine getting a weekend in Rome, flying over there, staying there, getting to go to the gig cheaper than, than seeing him in Dublin. One final thing, very briefly. Tell us about the Vogue photo shoot in Ukraine. Okay, I I feel really, when you said Vogue, I was thinking of the model, <laughs> Vogue Williams. Um, I feel no, really, she hasn't got to you. She hasn't followed Bono. She, and, she uh, hasn't quite got there. to a Vogue. The uh, yeah. yeah, I really feel sorry for them. Okay, so the Zelenskys have done a digital cover. It's not in a hard copy, as far as I know, but they're on a digital cover of Vogue. Um, and unfortunately, I haven't got my notes in front of me, so I don't know which it's a very Vogue it is. Opulent photo. Oh, you know, it's Annie Leibovitz. She's the most famous portrait yeah. photographer. So basically, in the world. people are kind of thinking this is an absolute disgrace. They're in the middle of a war. They're laughing. They're sending their poor soldiers out to fight the Russians. And meanwhile, they're doing these glamorous shoots. Listen, I can see both sides to it. It is a strange one. We do live in strange times, but I can possibly see their reasoning behind it. They're thinking we need to keep the Ukraine in people's psyche. We need the world to be talking about the fact that where our country is being destroyed by Putin. And I think, you know what, they're beautiful looking people, let them off. 
yeah, as a reflection of 20, 2022, surreal as this is, and it really, really <laughs> is, and it did stop me in my tracks, I do think, and God help me, I think there is some journalistic value to this. I think that there actually is a case to be made for, as Amanda says, opening up to a different platform of the world, keeping their story out there, even as much as we think we know about it, maybe we don't know every angle, but there's also on the flip side, you can look at some of these photographs and think, what are you doing? This is something that Will Smith should be doing, for example, you know? Dave, you're See, getting soft in your I compared old age. Him, I compared him to Zelensky, <laughs> not Putin, just to clarify. Dave Hanratty uh, from Joe.ie in the No Encore podcast and Amanda Brunker, uh, writer. Thank you very much for being with us here on The Last Word today, FM. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today, FM. It all happens here.